The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. It's time for Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. And now, here's your hosts... John and Steven. Thank you. It's Kevin Comics. I'm your host, John Clark. With me is almost always, but never in the room, is my co-host, Stephen Brown. Now, I used to do these as if they were Skypecasts, and by that, um, I would record an intro and say, hey, here's a conversation I had with somebody, and lead up to it. It's been six months of this bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> And honestly, that's like another 10 minutes when yeah. I could just be saying this. Might as well wrote me into it early. Yeah. So uh, things are chugging along as much as they can. Uh, New Mutants was number one at the box office, although no one. <laughs> it was the only thing at the box office. <laughs> yeah. There, uh, uh, now, Christopher Nolan's Tenet, his new movie, is in the theater. And apparently you pay $100 to have your own theater so nobody coughs on you. Oh, wow. Um, and it's still not doing great. Uh, but Bill and Ted, uh, as I talked about last week, uh, went theater and download and has done really well on download. People love this movie, including yeah. me. I've watched it twice, and I'm very glad I bought to own it. Well, Mulan just came out on digital download, too, yeah, um, that, on the Disney app. It's on the Disney app, and the way it is right now is you pay an extra fee to get it, but if you wait till December, it'll just be on the Disney app. Oh, yeah. And I, I've i already seen that movie, you know, so it's like I can yeah. just wait. Yeah, I haven't been that excited about anything in live action. Like uh, The Jungle Book, The Lion King. I haven't seen Aladdin, but I'm like, we're just, we're just replacing drawn animation with photographic CG animation. Yeah, and I some of the stuff sounds really interesting. I, I didn't see – I think I saw Jungle Book – um, but I didn't see Aladdin because I heard mixed reviews. And then I didn't see Lion King or like Beauty and the Beast. But Lion King was actually really interesting because um, John Favreau shot yeah. Lion King. Yeah. And it gave him a lot of ideas that he then brought to the Mandalorian. To the Mandalorian. Yeah. And one of the things they did that was incredible on the Lion King, I remember him talking about this on the Colbert show um, late night or whatever. And they had created a whole like 3D um, virtual africa uh in computers like a 3d dimension like a three-dimensional world um and then they had the camera operators had special cameras and they were able to put on like um like a virtual reality headset that put them in the african world they created in a computer and they're just in like a warehouse you know what i mean but the guy who's got the goggles on sees africa and that's how they got a lot of the camera shots i guess where they would then insert the animals into was that they actually created a digital world, then went into that digital world and then filmed practically in that world. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then they, the Mandalorian, they did one better where they said, what if we, what if we're not wearing VR goggles? What if we just put everything on screens around the actors and they created this thing called the volume where it was like 180 degrees of screens. Yeah. And then they would put stuff on the floor, but there's almost nothing that the characters are touching there. They don't go outside in that entire series. 
It's crazy. Like it's just in this. And it's like, I would say the majority of that series is filmed outside. You know, it's like, there's a whole scene where they're in a village. They're in the desert. They're in the jungle. It's like. Yeah. All of that was green. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. And And uh, I think if that's kind of the approach that these new shows, like, I think, I hope Mandalorian is a good example because it's like the first big show streaming from Disney plus if that's the way the new big shows are going to be filmed, if this is what all the Marvel shows are going to look like um, or be the, that, that caliber, I'm very excited for um, what they've got coming then. Oh, absolutely. I've, I've been watching uh, Star Trek a lot. I just finished Deep Space Nine and it's clear um, that's one of the best written Star Trek shows ever. But like for the last few seasons, the Federation is at war with um, – the Dominion on the other side of the galaxy and you get like five spaceship shots. That's your war. And then it's, they're standing inside the bridge, which is all plywood going like, they shot us again. We shot them again. And it's like, yeah, you don't have to do that anymore with the Mandalorian. You can actually show it all on a television budget. Right. And you know what? It's actually not a bad way to do television in this uh, social distancing. The Mandalorian is probably the perfect social distancing show because he's alone with a helmet on and he's talking to a bunch of much, CG. You yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. There's no one within six feet of him. Right. <laughs> Except uh, another guy in a helmet that he kicks. <laughs> right. <laughs> but he keeps uh, that mask on. We did get an announcement for that. October 30th, season two of The Mandalorian will premiere. Uh, there is no trailer. I, yeah, I watched that bogus trailer you shared. Uh, I, I do admit that I saw it on IGN and clicked share without watching it. And then I watched it. And I was like, oh, I rickrolled everybody. But so many people <laughs> had commented yeah. on it at that point. I'm like, well, I can't remove it. All right. No, that's you got to keep it now. Yeah. They, Rickroll's coming back. I just saw another uh, Rickroll meme that said Rick Astley was dead. <laughs> then you click on the, the obituary and it Rickrolls you. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was something else I just saw that was a brick roll. Uh, I can't remember. Something on the internet, you know. You know how um, the internet be. It never gets old. It doesn't. It's always a joy when you see them. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, well, the other thing that we found out is that uh, the James Bond movie, No Time to Die, is coming. It's saying November, and uh, right now I expect everything to get moved. So yeah, I'm like, that Black Widow scheduled for November still, and I'm sure it's yeah. not going to make it. Yeah, my office says we're coming back in October. I expect that to be moved as well. Yeah. The, but we do have a full trailer of the things shot. My whole criteria for movies now are, have they been shot yet? Okay, then maybe we will see them. Like quarantine, right, yeah. quarantine hit right after Bill and Ted finished shooting. And Ed Sullivan said on Twitter, well, we finished shooting, but we didn't finish editing. So we're not sure when it's coming out. And obviously now it's out. Right. So, Editors they- can work remotely though. Yeah, and they can sh- they can show things on Zoom to the directors, and obviously CG effects can do them uh, all on alone on computer. And basically, they were sending files to each other, and the, and the movie's out, and it looks fantastic. That's another movie where we watched uh, the first two, which were made in '88 and '90, before the third one, and they said the third one had a very small budget. It was like, all right. Keanu, you want to make this other movie, you can, but we're not going to give you much for it. Kind of like Deadpool. 
And it, uh-huh. it's so much bigger a movie than the first two just because of the technology involved. Yeah, like, it's, it's like even like a little bu- uh, low-budget movie can now be a big-budget movie because the graphics have improved so much, you know what I mean? Yeah, because there's... It's got you... Each one of those movies has a scene where they go into the future, and in the first two movies, it's a room with no windows. Right, yeah, exactly. And there's just guys wearing, like, foam clothes, (laughs) and it's spotlights, and then they're gone. And then this one, they land there, and there's a whole city that, like, reaches out, and there's bridges and buildings, and you can see what time of day it is, and it's still a low-budget movie. Right, yeah, it's wild. Yeah, so... So the... So when you extrapolate that to what we can do on television, I mean, think about, think about Batman. <laughs> think about just, just Batman to even Gotham. We are going to get another Batman show. We're going to get another Gotham Central show, which ties into Batman. Yeah, and hopefully it'll be like an actually like a Gotham Central show. <laughs> it's yeah, like, like, not like, you know, it's just like that, that comic's great. It's a shame that that last Gotham show, they were just like, just, just go crazy. <laughs> it, it, that, it was really nuts. Um, yeah. Hopefully they get Jeffrey Wright to be Gordon. Cause that, yeah. Cause that's what you need. Now the Batman uh, once again, has shut down production a second time. We've seen a trailer at DC fandom. And even we, we talked about the trailer and even in the trailer, I'm like, doesn't look like they shot that much because yeah, you, you it looked like the they scene. just kind of kept showing the same scene over and over. Yeah. Which is, I think what was finished. And then this week, Robert Pattinson showed up with COVID. Right. So that, so Batman's on hold again. So apparently the COVID is going to kill the Waynes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or kill Bruce at least. Yeah. He's gonna he's gonna dress like a bat to punch the virus. Yeah, we uh, so we don't know when this thing is coming out. Nobody knows how to nobody knows how to make movies anymore. Nobody knows how to be together in the same room anymore. Yeah, it's, I don't think the movies are gonna be doable for a while. So I I the movies themselves will continue. I'm curious if I I remember reading some reporting that like the big theater I think it's AMC or I don't know one of the other ones one of the big chains was saying they had enough. Uh, cash to make it until September. And then if something doesn't change, they're actually going to have to look at closing theaters down. So I actually wonder if we'll see a lot of theaters closing because they can't stay open. And no, it is we'll September. Have... Right. It's September now. Tenant came out. Not a lot of people are going to see it. Not a lot of people are going to go see New Mutants, which apparently is terrible. Oh, yeah. It's, it's as bad as they thought it was. It's clearly Disney dumping it. As yeah, they're saying it's they the dump worst. It. X-Men movie ever, and that is saying something. That is that is Yeah, including stuff. Dark Phoenix, which I right. think we talked about this before. I suffered I didn't even see it. It was on HBO. So I yeah. suffered through the whole thing and I still can't tell you anything that happened. Yeah. Like I can tell you what happens in Amazing Spider-Man 2. And I can tell you that I hate it. Yeah. That's <laughs> not good. But no, but at least like Jamie Foxx's Electro and then they try to, then they kill Gwen Stacy randomly and then the Green Goblin is there. It's a bad movie, but I know oh, what yeah, happens Green in it. Oh yeah, Green Goblin was there. Yeah. But it was hairy because Norman Osborn was yes. in like a coma or something, all those movies, which is like, <laughs> what are you guys doing? Yes. Oh. Well, the funniest thing about those is they were building up to a third one that was going to explain his whole parents are spies and have an underground subway layer. And then they were like, just like, no, Tom Holland. <laughs> yeah, you don't get a third one. Well, it's just yeah. like crazy. It's like, 
Spider-Man's parents being like spies. I always hated that. But not only was it a dumb storyline, that was like, that's like 40 years into Spider-Man. They decided to do that, right? No, no. That's a Stan Lee story. What? It's an annual, it's one of the early annuals. It's during the Romita run. Oh my God. Spider-Man fights the, fights the Red Skull and finds Uh out, finds out that the Red Skull kills his parents and then finds out they were spies. Oh my God. It's just so buried in the mythology. Yeah. I thought it was something in like the nineties with like chameleon. No, it's in the back. They, in the nineties, they brought his parents back. And yeah. uh, it was one of those dangling plots. It was kind of that period of rot in Spider-Man. I was just thinking about how I was like, oh, Spider-Man comes out of the 90s relatively unscathed as compared to X-Men, where X-Men's a different book in the 90s than it is any other time. Spider-Man, it's like, well, Spider-Man kind of looks the same. I mean, he, McFarlane changes the look. And then Eric Larson and Mark Bagley kind of do the same thing. And Bagley's obviously still around. Like if you want to do a special Spider-Man thing, you call him Bagley. So when you look back at it, it's not like Spider-Man has lots of pouches, but the story. He just has a lot of clones. Yeah. He's got a lot of bad stories. So the clone saga is obviously the, the most glaring thing, but maximum carnage isn't too good. Right. And during all of that, up till the clone saga, there's this whole subplot where Peter's parents come back. They come back in like this anniversary issue that had a hologram because 1992. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just around like every now and then, like he and Mary Jane are walking down the street. He's like, Oh, look, it's my parents. What are you doing? We're trying to catch up on all the latest trends. So we're going to take Aunt May breakdancing. It's like, <laughs> they're like, Jay Jonah Jameson told us we can't touch this and we don't know what to touch. <laughs> It's like yeah. just bad topical references. But then it goes on forever. And um, Howie Weingarten has been on the show. who's a really good friend of ours. Um, was just on the show to talk about Christopher Lee Dracula movies in uh, the three weeks we thought quarantine was going to last. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was an adorable time. I remember at the time, he was a Spider-Man fan and not a comic book reader. He, he, his comics were all like late 70s, early 80s. So I was buying them left and right in the 90s. And he would just ask me what was going on. And then... About a year later, he's like, hey, whatever happened with Peter Parker's parents being back? He's like, did they ever resolve that? I was like, oh, yeah. It was like a year and a half later. He's like, what were they? I was like, robots. Hmm. It's like they were robots built by the chameleon and Alistair Smythe. Um, and I, and they, yet they didn't know Peter Parker was Spider-Man. It was like some plan to undermine America. By f- fucking with Peter Parker, Daily Bugle photographer, part-time loser. Yes. You know? It's like guy that like doesn't have a job, can't keep, doesn't have a house. It's like, let's bring down America by fucking with this guy that takes photos of Spider-Man. Yeah, and people don't remember that story because then after terrible. that, it was terrible. And Peter got really mad that he was like, I'm dark Spider-Man now. And there was a, a story called Pursuit where he just chased down the chameleon for like four or five issues and then he was like turning his back on being peter parker and then they're like and then it just seemed like oh man we've run right into a wall so what are we gonna do next issue the clone saga oh god and the clone saga was an attempt to like bring back a fun happy peter but he was gonna be the clone which everybody hated yeah it's incredible that they thought we'll just tell everybody the spider-man they've been reading for 40 years is not the real Spider-Man. He's a clone. And yeah. they thought that people would be like, 
cool. You know, it's like, what did they think people were going to do? It was also supposed to, it was supposed to run six issues. It ran two and a half years. Yeah. I remember Marvel, Marvel is about to print the fourth omnibus of that story. Yeah. And let's, do you put, have let's that put it this way. Uh, I'm going to order it. Yeah. Uh, Cause some of suckers like you. Yep. Let's put it this way. It took us three omnibuses to get out of the silver age. Right. There That's are four for the clone saga. Yeah, granted, there's a lot more titles. The Silver Age is one title monthly. But yeah, that's a lot of pages. It's on a that. lot of work. Yeah. And then Spider-Man stumbles for a while. They were like, then they reboot it. And they're like, oh, what are we going to do? They're like, we'll give it to John Byrne. John Byrne never does anything wrong. Yeah, and then John Byrne did a lot wrong. Oh, John Byrne did, a, did a, an origin story called Chapter One. That's 12 issues long. Where yeah. Where he made the Sandman Norman Osborn's brother because they have the same hair. Yeah, Sandman, he's Harry Osborn's cousin. Yeah, because they all have that hair. Yeah, because it's like, oh, I guess this is... (laughs) They must be related. No one else has the same haircut. Yeah, and and it's it's that bad until uh, Straczynski takes over. And then uh, Straczynski's great until Straczynski ruins Straczynski. Yeah. Until Spider-Man starts eating people's faces and Norman Osborn fucks Gwen Stacy. Uh, I did get that second omnibus, though. and Yeah, shame on you. As bad as those stories are, I am gonna... I'm gonna fight for Civil War and Back in Black. Those are good. Yeah, that's what's a real shame about it is, like, uh, there wasn't a lot good during Civil War. The, the you know the main story was okay it was kind of yeah. like all right we're gonna have these guys fight there's not really a reason for them to but okay but the back in black and the spider-man issues of civil war were actually really really good and of course um, the brew bakers drew a lot of that yeah ron garney drew a bunch of it too right. um and then of course um brew baker was on captain america then that's like the peak of that right. run is that's when yep. bucky takes over so right, people, that's like the only other really good thing out of Civil War. Yeah, people look back on Civil War as like, as if it's Secret Wars, as, as it's this great, great event. But it's like, ah, there's two good books. The main book is, the main book starts to fall into that problem of um, that the story's not a story, that like each issue is a setup for all the crap we're going to do in all the books. Right. Like every page is a cliffhanger where they're like, oh, you, and then it's like, uh, that's going to be in a Hulk. That's going to be, and that's kind of what Marvel does all the time now. They set I up mean, a premise. Yeah, I literally just finished reading Empire this week. That's and? their big crossover. Terrible, 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 terrible. It was every, uh, first of all, there was a big checklist for all the books that a lot of the books got canceled because of coronavirus, right? right? So there was a lot of material that never happened. But I'm was the material you needed? Like, were there holes I in the story? I think so, because at one point in the series, they're like, Black Panther's been killed. And I'm like, I've read every crossover and tie-in. Black Panther didn't get killed. <laughs> but one of the canceled crossovers was an Invasion of Wakanda miniseries. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I bet he was going to get killed in there. <laughs> and then instead he gets killed, like, off-panel. But then he's back because oh. comics. That's, you know, that's also very shitty timing. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, there, there's, I've read pretty much every crossover Marvel's put out since House of M, like all the big ones. It's just basically been like, they pushed over a tile with House of M and the tiles are still falling because every year we have a new crossover that came from the crossover before. 
and a lot of them I've enjoyed. You know, House of M was okay. I actually really liked House of M. Civil War was okay. Siege was fine because it wasn't so big. It was just four issues. But it felt very rushed. I felt like in the fourth issue, a lot of stuff just happened. Right. It like might there be was a panel a little bit more. Yeah. There was a panel where the thing that they've been building up to happens. It's like, oh, Norman Osborn's Green Goblin now. Right. Oh, Asgard crashed. A lot happened in those four issues. Yeah. Um, Avengers vs. X-Men was okay, but it was too big. Yeah. Avengers vs. X-Men loses its way when it becomes about the Phoenix. Yeah, definitely. Like and that's all it is yeah. now. Secret that Invasion was, was like a, a good premise. But right, then- and it went on too long. It was something where it was like Secret Invasion probably could have paid off if there was actual consequences for it. But yeah. There wasn't. You well, know, the consequences were that Norman Osborn. Yeah, but Norman Osborn becomes head of Shield. That's the only consequence. Right, and that was good because like Dark Reign, I really liked. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Dark Secret Reign's War. actually really good. I mean, Secret Avengers is really good. Um, World's Most Wanted is Fraction's best Iron Man story. Maybe the best Iron Man story. I actually think it's probably the best Iron Man uh, story. Dark Reign. Everyone goes on and on about Extremis, but um, Extremis yeah. is a cool idea happening in an Iron Man book. Right. You know, it's like the of Matt Fraction's Iron Man is a good Iron Man story. It's about Tony Stark. It's about his relationship to all the other superheroes. It's there's a lot going on in that book. It's my favorite Iron Man run. Um, yeah, mine too. I've, I've got my hardcover signed. He goes on the Joko cruise every time. So I've talked to him a little bit about it each time. But people that I love will take over Iron Man. And I go, Meh. like, you know, like Bendis. Bendis took over Iron Man, got bored about as, apparently the same moment I did and kills him off. Yeah. Uh, Dan Slott takes over Iron Man. It's interesting for a little while until he realized it's 2020 and then he just turns it into 2020 and he's gone. And now I know you're very uh, interested in this Christopher Cadwell. Yeah. Dr. Doom. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. I don't know his writing enough. It's like, it seems like Iron Man is the hill a lot of people die on. Yeah, well, I think it's like Iron Man's one of those books. There's a lot of Marvel books like this that are hard to get right. Fantastic yeah. Four is Fantastic probably Four. the hardest. Yeah, but Dan but Iron Man, and that's funny because Dan Slott was doing Fantastic Four and Iron Man at the same time, and his Fantastic Four is much better than his Iron Man. Right, and you know he's continuing on FF, which I'm liking uh, so far. I wouldn't say it's like great, but it's pretty good. It's not um, one of the greats right now. It's like um, Dwayne McDuffie's run. Right, where it's like a good run, but nothing crazy's happening. Yeah, or Walt or Walt Simonson. Right, where it's enjoyable because it's Walt Simonson. But and there's again, some good stories in there, but it's not one of the greatest. It's not right. You know, it's not groundbreaking. Yeah. Um, and I think Iron Man's like that. Where I think Iron Man's really hard to do. It's probably only been done, you know, good a handful of times. Very um, few. So yeah, I think every, so I everybody excited for the run. Everybody points to the Michelinie Leighton run, which is two runs. Right, because they and they're they, both good, but they're not. Yeah. Um, it's not one run, you know what I mean? It wasn't. No, because they leave, they leave and Denny takes over. Denny's run is is good because Denny's run is the whole um, demon in a bottle. No, actually, the Leighton McGliney do the whole demon in a bottle. Denny takes over, and makes Tony oh, a does, full drunk. Denny right. does Rhodey in the in the armor, and Rhodey's oh, Rhodey, in the armor yeah. for years, and then that ends with the Silver Centurion. Which, um, yes, I am checking every Walgreens for a figure for you. Yeah, please do. It's, inc- it's frustrating that they're making these things like, uh, 
Walgreens exclusives. It's just like, of yeah. course they are. Because <laughs> it's yeah, the, the fucking Silver Centurion. The you good haven't news found is, any of them yet, right? Now, the good news is if you want a yellow daredevil, a Namor, or a Medusa that came out three years ago, though. yeah, I can, I can get you those. I, I think I'll get Namor at some point, but uh, there's no rush. Namor's good. Yeah, he's great, but um, he's not going anywhere. You know what I mean? It's like I've seen him all every Walgreens I've stopped in. The Silver Centurion, I think, is going to be a bit harder to find. Yeah, I was at Mr. Wayne's this week um, visiting Mike Kaplan, uh, who's, you know, appeared on the show. And we were talking about the Walgreens exclusives. And the problem with Walgreens is because they're a drugstore, they're not, uh, they're not an all-purpose department store like Target. They're certainly not a specialty store like Toys R Us used to be. They don't understand that newer is better. So when they look at their records, they go, oh, we got six bars of Irish Spring on the shelf. Don't put more Irish Spring on the shelf. And then they walk by the Marvel Legends and go, we got three Marvel Legends on the shelf. Don't put more Mar- Marvel Legends on the shelf. Or you know what? Don't reorder Marvel Legends. But on the shelf is a Medusa and a Nemoor and a Yellow Daredevil. Right. They don't and understand that everyone who wants those figures has them already. Right. They don't understand the idea of peg warmers and that new stuff will, will sell faster. I mean, how often do you get a new kind of shampoo? Right. You know, every couple of years. And even then, they'll, like, they'll cycle it in when they need it. So even though we're getting a new figure, and I just got Moon Knight about a week ago through their website. It's a great figure. Um, but like, I'm like, okay, usually I'm like, okay, when all the moon nights are out and gone, when everybody can find a moon night, we'll start looking for my, for Iron Man. But Walgreens doesn't have any of those kind of rules. Right. You know, and now, and now Target has like, ugh, it's like 50% exclusives I can't find because God help me if I start collecting those GI Joes. Oh yeah. I was in a Target the other day and I saw the, I, I haven't seen the Marvel Legends GI Joes yet. And I saw like, um, I don't know the main one whatever his name is snake eyes uh, no duke maybe oh yeah i found a duke and a snake eyes but like destro's hard to find and and they've done this whole wave just for them that has like a roadblock and has baroness riding a motorcycle and it has a cobra soldier which of course people are going to want 25 of right yeah you gotta have a bunch of them yeah and judge joe is outright nostalgia for me like i loved judge joe when i was a kid i would read the marvel comic i'd watch the cartoon and i'd buy all the figures because they were Star Wars size and Star Wars Return of the Jedi had already come out. So Star Wars was starting to get boring, but I do recognize that this is not something that's vital to me now. Like Spider-Man. Yeah. I still really like Spider-Man as right. much as I did in 1984 when I was buying GI Joe's and Mattel secret wars and reading, you know, Spider-Man in the black costume an amazing Spider-Man and Larry Hammer writing GI Joe. I don't feel that way anymore. It's like yeah, well, it's like there's no new GI Joe isn't consistently around, right? It's like right. you know, even the movie rebooted a lot, but so, yeah, you know, it's like where they were like wearing super suits or whatever the fuck was going on, and the Rock was running around. Yeah, it's very much a product of the '80s. It's very much a product. Yeah, it's it's brilliant in its uh, insidiousness. Was that um, GI Joe? had been around since the sixties and it was like, he was an innocuous doll. First of all, he was an attempt to do a Barbie for boys. Right. Now, you know, boys, boys are not going to want to dress up a boy and take him shopping. What do they want to do? They want to fight. All right, we'll make him an army guy. And they always kind of sidestepped around the actual wars at the time. You know, they like, they, 
Joe was never really in Vietnam. Right. He was never really in Iraq. And in the 80s, we had this massive buildup of uh, military spending and no one to fight because basically we just had to wait out communism and Russia wasn't nearly the enemy they are now. Yeah, well, they were definitely a fading threat, right? Where it's just like they were, their economy was on decline. They were kind of figuring this wasn't going to work. You know, it's like we basically bankrupted them racing to the moon. <laughs> you yeah, know? And, then, and then Gorbachev comes in who's very friendly to us and, uh, and changes all the policies to back off the aggression in the 80s. So um, the Cold War ends. And meanwhile, Hasbro's sitting on all these army figures. Then they, they figure, all right, let's stop doing them Barbie size. Let's start doing them Star Wars size because that's what boys buy. And the absolute genius of it, I've talked about this before is they went to Marvel and said, Hey, we're rebooting GI Joe. Um, which is funny because they're the version of GI Joe. Everybody remembers is the reboot. Right. Uh, and they go to Marvel and they're like, uh, here's all the guys. Can you make a comic out of the guys? And, uh, Al Milgram, um, is Al Milgram or Archie Goodwin. They both had mustaches and glasses. Yeah. I had to tell them apart. <laughs> it was Archie Goodwin said, yeah, who do they fight? And they were like, what? <laughs> and they go, yeah, you know, who are the villains? They're like, Joe doesn't have villains. He climbs mountains and sets up camp. That's what he does. Right. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> End of uh, list. And Marvel goes, ah, don't worry about it. We got it. Now, Marvel immediately turns around and just steals Hydra. <laughs> yeah, I would say they clone Hydra. It's Hydra, <laughs> yeah, Cobra, Hydra. Yeah. I mean, they, they even like raise their arms. <laughs> yeah. They, they, instead of wearing masks that, that cover everything but their mouths, they wear, the, wear masks that cover their mouths. You know, um, they're both serpent-like. And Cobra's pretty nameless and faceless for about the first year. So Hasbro decides to just keep upping the ante. And they get to, every year they got to top themselves. So on G.I. Joe, it gets worse and worse. Because eventually you have um, karate guys that don't wear shoes. And you have uh, football players with bazookas. Yeah, mutants. <laughs> yeah, you get and but then the Cobra, Bayou. Po, yeah, Cobra gets more and more monstrous. They have like Destro's got a metal head, and Zartan. Oh, we have this plastic that changes color in the sun. We're putting it on gloves for kids to play in the snow. Let's just make a figure out of one of them. Oh, that's right. Zartan. Uh, ninjas are big. Let's do ninjas. And then you have um, so then you have this point where the army is fighting the Legion of Doom. Yeah, I mean, it's like, uh, it's crazy because the G.I. Joe isn't an army because it's a it's a group of individuals who all specialize in like a specific thing, right? This there's, guy's the bazooka guy. This guy's the scuba guy. This guy's the sniper guy. Yeah, there's special know? mission forces. They're like a squad. Right, it's a squad. And then they're running up against just like, yeah, it's like, it's like the D-list Legion of Doom. Yeah. It's like, here are the zombies and here are the mutants. And <laughs> here's serpentor and here's a guy with a chrome head you know, yeah, it's so, like, <laughs> serpentor was is like a clone of the seven most ruthless leaders in history what yeah that's what serpentor is that was around the point i was in high school and i was like i gotta stop reading gi joe i gotta get out of this because they clone cobra commander wants the ultimate warrior so they clone like alexander the great and genghis khan and julius caesar i have a question yeah well, where did they get the DNA from all these ancient lived people? Oh, it's like three issues of them breaking into pyramids. 
oh, okay, and the, uh, Julius Caesar, Genghis Khan, they're all buried in the pyramids? <laughs> yeah, yeah, all different places. Uh, yeah, they, okay. They rob museums a lot. There's a lot of, like, G.I. Joe's like, Cobra's robbing museums, and then they shoot at each other in a museum. Yeah. Um, it's very Bond, uh, which we'll get to in a minute. And then... Yeah. And then they, so they clone the ultimate warrior, but they never realized that they cloned the leader because he's the most famous. And immediately Serpentor's like, I should be ruler of Cobra. And then he just shoves Cobra Commander. Wow. It That's gets terrible. crazy. But Larry Hammer writes the comic as seriously as he wrote any other Marvel comic, which is not that serious because Larry Hammer, the longtime editor, but has some batshit crazy runs on Wolverine and Batman. Yeah, he had a lot of interesting ideas. Yeah, he had like Albert the Robot Wolverine and Cyber, the man with the adamantium skin. Yeah. Um, wrote all the issues where Wolverine lost his adamantium. Bat, his Batman was so ridiculous that they yanked him off and put Ed Brubaker on. Uh, without changing the artist, Scott McDaniel was drawing it. Wow. Um, but yeah, he had like a, an alligator that lived in the Batcave that ate people. He, uh, Batman <laughs> what? Batman Fort Orca, a whale person that was robbing banks. Wait, I thought Orca was an Avengers villain. He's both. He's got the Batman Orca too. That's good. Yeah, you know, like it's like Marvel and DC each have a scarecrow. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like one's a lot more, you know, uh, fearsome and the other one's a joke Iron Man villain. Yeah, they each have an Orca. Yeah. Yeah, there's some crazy runs. But um, Larry Hammer was a Vietnam vet. So he brought a lot of like real tactical gear stuff. And then the whole thing with Snake Eyes being like a mute ninja. And Scarlet was in love with this mute ninja who can never tell her he loved her. And then Storm Shadow was their brother. And it's like, it, Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow quickly became the center of that whole thing. And it was yeah. when ninjas were really big. They were big for a while. They had their day, you know? Yeah, it was like they were, they were all over Daredevil around the same time. Yeah. There's, I mean, they're still all over Daredevil. <laughs> it's like Daredevil will be fighting ninjas for the rest of the time. Yeah, that's because we keep hearkening back to the days of Frank Miller on Daredevil. Yeah, we certainly do. But now that G.I. Joe is back, collectors are going crazy, but it's so hard to look at it as a modern, vital thing. It feels like a nostalgia product. I feel the same way about Transformers, even though we know a lot of people, um, even friends that have passed on, Stu McLean who loved Transformers till the day yeah. he passed. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't get it. It just seemed like a kid well, thing. It was like a breakfast cereal. In a way that G.I. Joe wasn't able to, Transformers really did kind of have a resurgence. I mean, they made like nine movies. That's yeah. crazy. I could just <laughs> that never... is way too many Transformers movies. Yes. I thought one was too many. <laughs> I yeah, I some... mean, if you want to make one modern one, I'll give it to you. You know, they made a modern G.I. Joe movie and it was terrible. They yeah. made a modern Transformers. It was terrible, but then they just kept making them. It's, they were making them for the same people, I'm convinced, that want to watch 12 Fast and the Furious movies. Oh, absolutely. I, I just don't understand how there's more than one of those. Well, as, as we always said, you and I went to Venom the weekend it opened. Yeah. And there was a demographic in that theater that I don't usually see <laughs> and I haven't seen since. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you guys are paying for Fast and the Furious and more Transformers movies. Yes, it's the like, same group I'm, of people. I'm in this theater ironically going like, yeah, this is, this is a B-level Spider-Man villain at best. I'm here for the Spider-Man connection. You guys are here to praise Venom. Because you love Venom. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's strange. Uh, these are probably the same people that be fine with like a James Bond movie too, I would assume. But you know, that's a different story. Look at you doing segues. I did a segue. I wow. did. I did. Yeah. 
You wrote I in on I was trying it. it. Did you hear how, like, low confidence I had in that segue, too? Yeah, that's why I'm building you up, buddy. Yeah, thanks, buddy. You, like, wrote in on a segue to deliver that I segue. did. <laughs> I wrote in on a segue. <laughs> yeah, well, that's we got the uh, trailer for um, No Time to Die. Which we had kind of already seen. We'd seen posters, but this was this is the first full trailer. This is pro- and this is probably the biggest movie that we know is coming out that is actually coming out. It has a date. It's coming out in November. Like Black Widow is still like supposed to come out in November. Like Wonder yeah. Woman eighty four is supposed to come out. But this one they're saying we're in theaters in November at that point. You know what? These are British films. At that point, the UK has their shit together. They could go to the theater. Well, I think that's the thing we're kind of seeing is like uh, all these other countries are able to like go to the movies. <laughs> it's like, it's just really frustrating. I saw footage out of Wuhan the other day and it's like, these kids are back in school. <laughs> it's like, what are we doing here? My kids we are back in school. Her- my right, but your kids aren't back getting, in school safely. <laughs> no, they're, get, like, they're getting tested every day. And I get emails going like, it's the weekend, so test your kids. I'm like, how? I, I haven't had right. a test. You know what? Yeah. I, I slept with the window open last night, and I'm 30% sure I got it. Right. <laughs> Just because my, my voice isn't 100%. So, yeah, I must have got it. Must have. Yeah, they're, uh, yeah. Maybe they, they test maybe, your kids every day? Yes. They, with the um, swab all the way back in the nose? Now with the swab, there's like, they're having them like cough. It's, there's like simpler tests they can do just to, okay. they've got it raging. But, but they I, test every day? Apparently. And the kids and, get the results back that quick? I don't know if they get the results back that quick, but they'll get daily results eventually. Yeah. Um, uh, and, you know, I'm waiting for, you know, about four or five positives and then they'll be home again. Right. Yeah, um, then that's basically what it's going to come to is like, your kids are going to get sick or your kids in their class are going to get sick and they're just going to shut it all down again. You know? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're at the point where I just hope crazy. it's kids in their class get sick and not them. That's kind of how I feel about right. me. I'm like, I'm going out with a mask, but you know what? I, I do all my food shopping at Target now because they might have Marvel Legends. <laughs> right. It's not, I love that it's like we live in a world where we can now make decisions on where we buy our food with who has the best action figures. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's one like, thing. it's awesome. That's one of the good things. Couldn't do that when I was growing up. No, I, you sure could. And Toys R Us did not carry lunch meat. No, <laughs> I had to make my parents make an extra stop. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm still going out and I'm still like, eh, you know, maybe so, I'll get uh, James Bond's coming out in theaters. You're going to go see it. I, I want to see it, but he, the thing about this is Daniel Craig is two for four. I really like Daniel Craig. He, you mean he's made four movies only? He's made two four. Good. Yes. Yeah. The two. I can't believe he's made four already. He has I guess been, makes sense. He's been Bond for a long time. He's been Bond for 15 years. Oh my God. He's been Bond about twice as long as Pierce Brosnan was Bond. He's just spaced these movies out. Yeah. I mean, when Conner, Connery was was Bond. They, they made him every year. I mean, right. They cranked him out. Pierce Brosnan, they made him every two years. He's been doing every three, four, but you know, uh, Casino Royale is incredible. Skyfall is a masterpiece. Quantum of Solace is a piece of shit. Yeah. Spectre's bad. So what's weird about this movie is the, their Spectre was bad. I thought everyone thought Spectre was bad, but yeah. they're like, you know what though? That bad guy was good. Let's keep him. The wife, the love interest who I thought was boring is in this. Yeah, it's so weird. They're really trying. Well, they're really trying to make these five movies one story, and they've never done that before. They've had like 
some like comic books they've had like a little bit of continuity in between sure like if a villain came back there'd be a nod to the last movie but for the most part they were all one-offs which is why it was easy to reboot because you, you're not throwing out a whole mythology you're just saying oh you're bond and there's a, a a fan theory and i i subscribed to this for a long time to the point where i thought i came up with it was that um they're all different people and yeah then, james bond is like a handle you're assigned James Bond is a code name. 007 is your uh, serial number. James Bond is your code name. So they never figure out who you are. And that's why each of those films are a product of their time. Like the technology changes and the villains change and their attitude changes. Um, but that was a way to keep headcanon altogether. Now I just say fuck it because I've lived through like eight Batmans. Right, yeah. It's a, it's, it was easier to do it back when we had two Batmans or one Batman. But yeah, now but, we've had so many Batmans, it's like, ah, eh, there's Gotham, there's this, there's yeah, video games. Right, there's, there's no universe where Adam West and Christian Bale know each other. So right. everything's a one-off. But with Daniel Craig, there's been this clear beginning, middle, and an end with him. Um, you know, Casino Royale, he was a brand new agent. And that was what was so strange about Skyfall was the third movie. And they were saying, you're too old to do this. You've taken too many punches, your aims off, you know? Um, and it's like, dude, this is the third movie. Like this is like Connery was making Goldfinger at this point. He was just getting right. really good at this, but they're trying to like show his aging realistically. And I think with Spectre, he was out. It looks like in this trailer, they're saying, Oh, he comes back in for one final one. Um, one of the, but I don't know. This trailer looks promising. Yeah, that's why I'm surprised. Like the trailer looks good, uh, but I think because I've had right half of these movies have sucked. I, I'm just not excited for it. I'm like, oh, all right, well, we'll see what the reviews say if they if they say it's good or not because it's it looks good, but then it's just a bunch of explosions and people firing guns at each other. They they all look the same. Every Bond trailer is identical. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you get a villain, they show the girl, they show the explosions and guns. James Bond is driving a motorcycle on a thing he's not supposed to be driving it on, like <laughs> stairs or a building or a wall. <laughs> and it's like, uh, you know, it looked just like all the other Bond movie trailers. They all look good, you know? Yeah, it looked like it was well made. The... Um... One of the things I do like is the Bond girl is Ana de Armas, who um, we've decided as a world is the most beautiful woman around <laughs> ever since yeah. uh, ever since uh, Blade Runner. But what I think is interesting she's is- She's the hologram girl in Blade she's Runner. She's the hologram girl in Blade yeah. Runner. But I, what I think is really interesting is that she just did Knives Out with Daniel Craig. So this okay. is the first time I can think of that where Bond and the Bond girl have, have already it. worked together. Yeah. So that might create a really different dynamic. Yeah, she, well, that's the thing about Bond Girls is, like, it always seems like they pull somebody from, like, obscurity. Like, one year, I think it was yeah. Halle Berry, but she had already been Storm or something, so she was probably a pretty big name at that point. But it's, like, they always grab these girls, and you're, like, where did they find this person? And it's, like, the most beautiful girl you've ever seen, and then you never see them in anything else. Well, it's usually... <laughs> you know, it's, like, a handful of Bond Girls come back. Yeah, it's usually because they're really young, so it's one of the first things they did because they're young and right. they're in their 20s. But, yeah, every now and then you get... Uh, or like a Famke Jansen. I mean, Famke Jansen. Uh, right. She went on to do like Jean and X-Men yeah. and stuff. So it's like. And you still, still see her pop up and stuff. She's, and she's still one of my favorites in that movie. Yeah, she's great. She's like a crazy Russian hip yeah. squeezing girl. That, yeah, she's a hip squeezer. Yeah. <laughs> Which um, kills you somehow. Well, she, cr she crushes you. She crushes your spine. 
Oh, her leg, is that what she's doing? Yeah, her legs are so strong, she like breaks your ribs and your spine and she like smashes up your organs and you die. Hmm. And, Interesting. And she really Probably, like, you think there's easier ways to do that, you know, to kill somebody. She really likes it when that happens. She really likes it. Yeah, she's a Yeah. Well, you know, every Bond, uh, Bond villain's got to have a thing. Yeah, got to have your gimmick. Yeah, there's usually usually there's Bond girls that can't act at all. Even even girls that have had careers like Denise Richards was well known. And she's awful. And uh, I think it's The World Is Not Enough. Um, it's either The World Is Not Enough or Tomorrow Never Dies. Those are the two middle Pierce Brosnan movies. And I want to say it's The World Is Not Enough. It's not good. It's The World Is Not Enough. That's the one. And I always feel bad for Pierce Brosnan because Pierce Brosnan is your dream cast James Bond. And GoldenEye is good. But after that, yeah, and, I like Goldeneye, but the, I can't name another movie he did that I liked. No, he made four of them. The next three are bad. Yeah, the world is not bad. enough. Uh, Tomorrow never dies. Is, as I said, I might be getting those confused. And then Die Another Day is awful. And that was one of those movies there in the theater. I'm like, this is good because I just wanted to be there watching James Bond. And then I watched it again on DVD, and I'm like, this is terrible. Yeah, it's one of those things you always kind of have to like. Uh it's kind of like remember to look back on and be like, was that really good though? You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, or was it just terrible? <laughs> you, know? Well, you know what? And there's movies I still don't know. Like I watch them over and over again and I don't know if they're good movies. Like now I've never known if the Tim Burton Batman is a good movie. It's, it's weird. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. It's all over the place. It's, it's a perfect snapshot of time. It's a director I love. It's two actors I love in anything, doing a thing I love, but it doesn't really work. I mean, Batman Returns is a whole separate thing. But Bat- the 89 Batman is like, there's no story. Yeah, but- it's hard to say too, because it's like so much of it's nostalgia, but it's yeah. like, it, it, must have, it must be a good movie based alone on when it came out, right? When it came out, it was this massive blockbuster. Everybody yeah, was but, talking about it. People were going to see just the trailer. But when it came out, it was also people wanted to see a Batman movie. It was marketed very, very well. They just put the bat symbol on everything. Uh, at that point, people only knew about Adam West. So it was like, oh no, this is a Batman you won't laugh at. Right. Um, so people were very, very interested in it. And it came at the end of the 80s when we were getting movies like Robocop and Schwarzenegger and Stallone were at their peak. So we got these really ultra-violent movies, which is why Batman murders people left and right. Yeah, he's a big murderer in that movie. Yeah. Um, and I, I, it's a movie that I think looks great. It, it's a movie that entertains the shit out of me every time I watch it. I love watching that movie. But is it a good movie? And now that we're almost 20 years away from it, I have the same feeling about the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Is that a good movie? Is it not a good, like it's, the, the tone of that is over the top in a very specific way. Yeah. That I mean, it feels sense. like a good movie. It feels like a good movie. I haven't seen like, it in a while though. Spider-Man 2, I think is a good movie. Um, like Alfred Molina as Dr. Octopus. I think that's the best of those, but I don't know about the first one. I mean, it's an hour of origin. Um, Willem Dafoe is dressed like a Power Ranger. Yeah, uh, Kirsten <laughs> doesn't look great. Kirsten Dunst is all Kirsten Dunsty. Yeah, um, she sucks. Tobey Maguire never figures out that Peter becomes cooler after he becomes Spider-Man. He's still like really greasy. Yeah, I never understood. It's like Tobey Maguire, it's like he's fine as Spider-Man. He's like our first Spider-Man. So it's like, all right, he did a fine job. But 
he's not a good Spider-Man. <laughs> it's like, he's he's a, a good actor. He's a good Peter Parker before he gets bitten. Yeah, I guess that's a good way of looking at it. But like once he's Spider-Man, it's like, uh, that's why I kind of had hope for Andrew Garfield. I was like, okay, Andrew Garfield seems like shy and retiring, but can be cool. And Andrew Garfield is the Pierce Brosnan of Spider-Mans. They just made a lot of bad movies. Yeah, but now, I mean, Tom, now we have Tom Holland. Tom Holland's perfect. Ex- and this is, I know, only a personal thing, except they changed so much of Spider-Man to fit the MCU that I'm like, oh, wouldn't it be great if they really did Spider-Man? Like yeah. They, they do 75% of Spider-Man and 25% of... Iron Man. Uh, yeah, well, 25% of the MCU. Like, hey, this is what a teenager would be like in the MCU. And the other Spider-Man movies are like, it's just Spider-Man. Right. You know, like, sure, now, every now and then he sees Thor go by. But it's not like he lives in a world that's full of superheroes and he's just another superhero. Yeah, it's like we didn't, they never really made a Tom Holland just Spider-Man movie. Because it's, every movie's about Iron Man. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, and the first one, it's like the bad guy is, thinks Iron Man's a jerk and he's stealing Iron Man tech to be a bigger bad guy and Iron Man's in it and he's saving him. And then in the second one, Iron Man's dead and he's, here's the bad guy and it's because Iron Man's a jerk. Yeah. And it's like he's trying to be a bigger bad guy and Iron Man left Spider-Man this billion dollar weapon. It's like, it'd be nice for them to make a Spider-Man movie that's just a Spider-Man movie. Right. Well, it would be nice if, the, if it doesn't rely on technology because all technology leads back to just dark i'm not right. crazy that every version of the spider-man suit is kind of an iron man armor right because yeah, like, it's like there's no low-tech spider-man suit you know there yeah. is there's one but yeah it's but like, it's not a real spider-man suit it's in a homecoming, plot device yeah in homecoming he goes back to that hoodie but it's still not a spider-man suit i like that peter has no resources um i'm and yeah i'm really looking forward to the third one it's been pushed back to christmas 2021 it hasn't begun shooting yet um According to our good friend, Vice Principal Jimmy McGuire, the, uh, the school where they shoot those Iron Man's, uh, uh, Spider-Man's has been alerted, but I'm sure dates are flying all over the place. Like nobody even knows yeah. if kids can be in school, much less a movie crew. Right. But uh, we don't know anything. There's a rumor that that movie is called Spider-Man Homesick. Yeah, I think I heard that. There's a rumor that um, Craven's in it or, or Craven's just getting his own movie like Morbius and Venom. Yeah, I uh, I'm less excited for that. I think the only thing I want less than like a, a, a Venom sequel is like let's do another B level Marvel villain and give him a movie. <laughs> you know, it's like just don't give villains you know movies. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I don't. Well, I don't need bad vill- guys in the good guys movies. Yeah, I don't need any more villain movies with no heroes in them. That includes Joker. Right. We uh, got one. It worked. Okay, good job, guys. But it's like we don't need right. another one. But a lot of this is Sony going, hey, we've got, we've got a lot of our own characters. Maybe we can do, do those. And um, I think some things – I'm surprised Cloak & Dagger isn't included because Marvel already did a Cloak & Dagger TV series. So mm-hmm. that's Disney because they're, they were clearly Spider-Man characters. Yeah. We've got a Cloak & Dagger omnibus out now, and there's a lot of Spider-Man issues. Yeah. Well, it's just like there's that's because there's no good cloak and dagger villain, you know? Right. Well, um, although I am in favor, and this is just because of quality, if you want to make five Spider Verse spinoffs, if you want to keep making animated movies, great. You want to make a Spider Gwen movie? Fine. You know, you want to make a Spider Ham movie? Yes. Um, go right ahead with those because you, 
that you figured out and it's not messing with, it doesn't look like it's supposed to be the MCU. Right. And I think that's something where it's like, you know, go for that. You know, you want to build your little own spider universe. That's how you do it. Make it animated. You know, don't do the, don't fuck around with the live action stuff. That's not for you. But here, now here's my question for you. How much does legacy, um, how much is legacy important? Because talking about Spider-Man, but going back to Bond, there's this, I feel like there's this pressure on Daniel Craig where Pierce Brosnan is known as not a great Bond, even though I, I think he did a great job in that role. He, he was just saddled with more bad movies than good movies. Roger Moore is considered a joke. And yeah. he made more Bond movies than anybody, but most of them are pretty terrible. Bad. Yeah. Uh, whereas Connery is seen as the great Bond, but you know some of his movies are terrible. You go watch right. Diamond. Go watch Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah. <laughs> go watch great. Never Say Never Again. You know what? I I will argue with you about Thunderball. There's a lot of people just swimming in that movie. Yeah. Bond movies are long. They're <laughs> like, long. They're weird. There's a lot of stuff in them. You're just kind of like, how did this make the cut? You know what I mean? There's yeah, just there's, a, there's a lot. Like, we're just going to go to this different country now, and it's not really going to help the plot. They're all way over two hours, which is why we can see a good trailer. That's two minutes out of a two and a half hour movie. Right. But the thing is, we when you think of Sean Connery, you think of From Russia With Love, Dr. No, Goldfinger. You know, when, when you think of... Uh, Pierce Brosnan, you think uh, die in another day. With Daniel Craig, right now we think of Skyfall, we think of right. Casino Royale, we think of the good ones. I think if this one is bad, I think this because it just sinks his legacy as a Bond. Yeah, I don't think it's like uh, he already made two stinkers. It'd be nice if he, if this is going to be his last Bond movie, it'd be nice for it to be a good one, not to go out on like a sour note. But I don't think this spoils like Skyfall if it's a bad movie because it's like the Spectre sucked. I just won't watch that movie again. I'll probably watch Skyfall again. I'll probably watch Casino Royale again. But it's like these other ones, it's like they might as well not have happened because it's like it's um, there's nothing. I'll never watch them again. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah, but, is, it's almost like they don't exist. But when that last one's bad, that kind of tarnishes everything. I remember I was um, – talking to a friend of mine and I had bought uh, Blade 1 and 2. I hadn't seen them in a while. And as soon as I told him this, he was like, oh, God, that third one sucks. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't even buy the third one. I'm talking about the two good ones. But the first thing that rang in his head was that third one sucks. The third one sucked. So usually if it's the last one, that that leaves a bad taste in your mouth. It's like the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans. one was a massive, massive hit. As we were saying, I don't know if it was that great or not. Two is great. I mean, two is maybe the best Spider-Man movie ever. Although Homecoming's really fucking good. Uh, but three is awful. And we have a tendency to remember the last thing the best. And that's why um, sequels always make the box office that the last movie deserved. You know, Dark Knight made a shitload more money than Batman Begins because Batman Begins was the sequel to Batman and Robin. Even though it wasn't a direct sequel and it had been seven years, in the public's mind, that last Batman movie I saw was bad. I don't want to see this one. Yeah, I think that's more for like the... That would definitely be true, I think, with like the... um, What do you call it? Like the general public. 
Yeah, and that's who's paying for all this stuff. It's not us. Right. I mean, they're I mean, the we, ones we, that they're making it for. There's what, like 100,000 of us out there? Like, what uh, are, Last I heard that the, for as in terms of the comic reading population, if a comic book sells 300,000, that's the ceiling. Right. Is that there's, there's some 300,000 comic book readers in the country, which is like a nothing it's dropping the bucket <laughs> compared to the moviegoers you know yeah the movie makes a billion dollars so we're so we're the hardcore people that would show up to anything we were the people that were, were excited about a howard the duck movie right you know um so in terms of making a movie you have to you have to think of the mainstream fan more than the hardcore fan and that's what they're left with is that if if your final movie is bad you've tarnished the whole brand and now and now you have to reboot and that I don't think we've seen that um, anywhere more desperately than Spider-Man was the third movie wasn't good. They started working on a fourth movie. They panicked. They canceled the fourth movie, which as we know would have been John Malkovich as the vulture. Yeah. Well, I'd heard uh, and, it was actually the lizard that he wanted to do Malkovich as the vulture and he wanted to do the lizard because they had Kirk Connors in all the movies and the studio told them, they thought that the lizard was too unrealistic of a villain. So they said, why don't you make the guy who's made out of sand instead? Oh, for three. <laughs> yeah. For the third one. So that's when they did Sandman in the third. And then the fourth one, they wanted to, he wanted to do the lizard. And then I guess they thought that wasn't realistic. So they were going to go with the vulture. And then they canceled it. And then they just ended up doing the lizard in the next one. Yeah. The reboot. And not a good lizard. And it was terrible. Yeah, it was terrible. And there was, um, they did confirm that Bruce Campbell was supposed to be Mysterio, but I think it was going to be a cameo. I don't, I don't think Mysterio was going to be a major villain in the fourth one. Yeah. Um, but it was going to be every Bruce Campbell cameo in the Sam Raimi movies were all Mysterio. Just it's just kind of crazy you. when you think about it. Like, we've gotten almost all the main, like the big Spider-Man villains. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's been so many villains there's been so many movies they've gotten and they're, they've doubled up on villains in almost every movie, you we've know, had, so it's like, well, we've had, we've set, had a lot of villains. We've had seven Spider-Man movies. Right. So we've, we've probably had close to like 12. And honestly, three villains. of them had green goblins in them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, we've had, we've had two Harry Osborne green goblins. We've had one Norman Osborn, Green Goblin. We had the Rhino. We had Doc Ock. We had Electro. We had Sandman. We had Venom. We had the Lizard. We had Doc Ock. We had Mysterio. It's like we had the yep, Vulture. Vulture. It's like they had the Tinkerer. Yeah, Shocker. The Shocker. You know, it's like we had tons and tons of villains, and it's Scorpius. like uh, technically, yes, we have had Matt Gargan. So it's like yep. it's just crazy when you think about it, and then we still, but like you know, we had we've had Venom, and now we have Carnage. Right. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, it's, I would say it's like probably we've had the most villains from Spider-Man. Then right? we had uh, we had Kingpin in the Daredevil movie. If you want to count that. Yeah, I mean you could count him as like a Daredevil villain if you like, since he was in Daredevil. But like even Batman, I don't think we've had that many villains. You know, because it's like Joker, Penguin, Catwoman, Two Face, Riddler, Rachel Ghoul, Rachel Ghoul, Scarecrow, Bane. Because you know what? They keep going back to Joker. Right. Joker over and over. We've, we've had Harley um, because we had a Batman cameo in a Harley movie. Right. But she counts. She's a Batman villain. Yeah. I mean, but, but Ben Affleck's in Suicide Squad. Right. And you know what I watched? I, think I, mentioned, I watched Birds of Prey again. That movie's solid. It's how, solid. how many times have you seen it? Not twice? 
Uh, seen like three or four times. Yeah, it's oh, it's, yeah. it's it's like Shazam entertaining. It's solid. It's fun. It's on HBO Max right now. If you have HBO Max. Yeah, I think I have somebody's HBO Max. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I it's like I'd be interested to to check it out. I think I think the thing with the DC movies right now is it's like they don't go anywhere anymore. It's like I think I want a bigger universe. I want we're I, you know we're we're used to the Marvel universe, so this like shared all the stories interconnect. So now it's like. Well, okay, I could watch one Birds of Prey movie, but then maybe that movie doesn't matter because it doesn't tie in anything else. Nothing ties into it, and it's not going to get a sequel. Is Suicide Squad going to ignore it? I think I'm waiting for the new Suicide Squad movie because I think it's like maybe finally DC will be like, okay, we've got some groundwork under our feet now. We are rebooting Suicide Squad, which is crazy (laughs) that they're rebooting a movie that came out like a year ago or two years ago. but maybe when they finally have some traction, I'll be able to be like, all right, let's get into this, you know? No, I, I disagree because I think they fell on their face trying to have a connection. Well, because they trusted Zack Snyder. And the, well, we've talked about this before. It's DC as a publishing arm has way less continuity than Marvel does. So I'm fine with them going w- with their strengths. Because DC, you know, DC's biggest books are like Hush and Dark Knight Returns and Batman Incorporated and, and Court of Owls, and none of those have anything to do with each other. So, right. so I'm fine with like, hey, we put out a Joker and a Harley movie at the same time and they're characters that can't meet each other. Uh, are those movies good? Yeah. Like, was Shazam good? Yes, it was. You know, was Wonder Woman good? Yes. Was uh, Birds of Prey good? Yes. Nobody saw it, but it was good. Right. Um, I mean, Joker people love, like, I'm fine with them doing one-offs. Maybe that's how you differentiate brand from Marvel. I mean, Marvel, everything is kind of the same. So everything, when you go to a Marvel movie, you kind of already know a lot of the decisions have been made for you. Like when, you, when Ryan Coogler gets hired for Black Panther, which by the way, I watched again after um, Chadwick Boseman died. And man, that movie's really fucking good. That movie, yeah, I was that movie's a, it myself just a after. black James Bond and a Lord of the Rings all mixed up. Yeah, they did an but, awesome job. But a lot of those decisions had already been made for him. Like, like they had already shown what Wakanda looked like. They had already hired Chadwick Boseman. You kind of knew what explosions looked like. You knew what uh, some of the characters were. You knew what the type of humor would be. Whereas with DC, it's a clean slate every time. So you give people a little more creative freedom. Because Definitely. The- I mean, I think it's frustrating because I think they do have creative freedom at DC in terms of like... Um, everything in Marvel is much more like you, you know, when Ryan Coogler or whatever, the director for Black Panther is, we got Black Panther, you know, the, he, a lot of the stuff was already done for him. Like you said, they showed Wakanda to some extent. They, they showed, they had Chadwick Boseman or whatever uh, cast and he had already picked a direction for the character. So his hands were tied. I think the problem is, is like DC will give themselves, okay, so you don't have to worry about this massive continuity machine that Marvel built, but it's, they're still making crap <laughs> movies. You know what I mean? It's no, like, there's see, still- I mean, we have this argument all the time is like, you got to look at their batting average. The lows were really low. Yeah. But you know, Batman vs Superman is a piece of shit. Justice League is a mess. And the Snyder Cut is not going to fix it. Um, Wonder Woman falls apart in the third act. Suicide Squad is like, uh, it's detached, um, inhumane garbage. But you look at their track record now, I mean, it's Joker, it's 
Harley, it's Shazam, it's Wonder Woman, Aquaman. Aquaman is fun. Um, yeah, I mean, I will say it's like Aquaman is like a mess of a movie, but it's a fun mess. It's a fun you know? mess. It's like yeah. it's fun to watch that guy run around. He's like The Rock, I think. Where yes, you know, it's like I like him pretty much in everything he's in, uh, even if the movie's bad. Like he's fine even in Justice League. It's like he's not. He doesn't do anything cool. You know, he jumps <laughs> on the roof of the Batmobile and he's what does he scream? He's like, he's like, yeah, oh yeah, he's like some he's my man. My man, it's like yeah. some terrible like line, but the guy is such a big goofball. It's like yep. fun to watch him, and it's the same thing with the Rock. And yeah, so I think they they're on the upswing. And you know what? The trailer for the Batman looked good. What we heard about Suicide Squad looked good. I th- I think they are on the men. And if this is the way they do it, I, I always go back to the '80s, where um, when I discovered DC was after Dark Knight Returns, and Marvel was. Marvel's storytelling was getting weaker and weaker. Like Jim Shooter had left and they were right about to put all their money into their artists, which gave us the nineties and the weakest stories that Marvel ever had. But in the late eighties, it was like a lot of guys that had been around too long who were out of ideas and they hadn't hired new artists yet. And I'm getting that feeling. I'm getting that feeling now about the movies is that we don't know where Marvel's going to go. Black Panther two is off the table. Like, well, I guess they are making Black Panther 2. I've heard the reporting is that they're basically like, they're just going to have to kill him off screen and have Shiri. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Him. I don't know if you can sell it. I, those are the fan theories. But the fact of the matter is people went to see Chadwick Boseman. I don't think they're coming to see Shuri. Um, but we're at this major crossroads for Marvel where they can't make a movie. They're sitting on a movie that takes place before Endgame. Endgame was the end of Marvel movies in in more ways than they imagined. Where Endgame, literally when you look at it, Endgame ends that phase of movies. Um, You lose Chris Evans. You lose Robert Downey Jr. Um, Then you get an epilogue that Sony makes. And then nothing. And they're sitting on a movie that takes place before the end. Right. We don't know. We have an Eternals movie. We don't know if it's good or not. We don't know how, how finished it is. We have all these rumors of, oh, this one's going to be Shang-Chi and one's going to be Doctor Strange. We knew there Well, was they've got a- the... I mean, they've announced a fair amount of movies. I think it's more that we... A lot of it's going to be new materials. So there's a lot of like, wait, what's coming? And it's like, there's a lot of... I mean, a lot of stuff's been confirmed, but all the dates have been pushed back. Even we don't like know- the plus stuff's been pushed way back. Yeah, we don't know the way forward. We know Kevin Feige found out Chadwick Boseman was sick the day he died. Like, when right. He, well, I when think he, that's what's really crazy is that like even Disney didn't know he was sick. No, you know I, mean, I mean we were watching like, we were watching like Black ridiculous. Panther. We were watching Black Panther run when he does like the challenge, mm-hmm. he fights Mbaku and then fights Killmonger. I was looking at him like I've never been in that good a shape in my life, and this guy has cancer while he's shooting this. Right. I mean, it's, it's like ridiculous how yeah. uh, he was able to do that and be in as good a shape and be good. Like he's so good. He's really good. So I watched, um, I posted on the Facebook page where you could find all Chadwick Boseman's movies. Cause like most of us, I've seen him as black Panther. I, I didn't know who he was before civil war. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, HBO max had get on up where he plays James Brown. Yeah. Oh God, he's amazing in it. The movie is not great. It's very typical biopic. Sure. 
Um, it's kind of like like Bohemian Rhapsody or the Elton John movie with uh, the guy from Kingsman. It's all about that performance. Like James Brown's life isn't even that interesting. So I'm not going to say it's a great movie, but man, he nails, but he's good in it. He nails the impression while still being a real character. Yeah. I mean, you know, and he's doing this the whole time because it's James Brown. But he, but he does his whole range of emotion and from a young man to an old man and his relationship with each other character changed subtly. He, he was so goddamn talented that it, it hurt more watching that movie. Yeah. The greatest thing in the world. This week. PS4 just came out with the Avengers game. I've been kind of waiting for this game for like a year. Yeah, Ben and I looked at it at Target and we couldn't decide if we should just... Yeah, and it's hard to say. My buddy keeps asking me. He's like, well, should I get it? Is it fun? I'm like, dude, I played it all day yesterday. I played it all day the day before. It is fun. I am enjoying it, but it's very repetitive. It seems like outside of... So far, I'm only probably 16% into the game or something. You know what I mean? It's like a big story game. I've only seen MODOK. I fought Abomination and I fought Taskmaster. I don't know. And Modoc's like the big bad guy in the game so far. So I don't know if there's any surprises in the game, but almost every level you're just fighting an army of faceless robots. And it's like playing the Avengers is cool. You unlock them as you go. They're all very different to play. But I kept trying to figure out like what kind of game this is. And I realized uh, yesterday when playing it, it's like, it's a lot like Destiny where there's um, different missions you can go on with a you know, strike team of characters, and, but they all have unique play styles. And then there's gear to equip each of the characters to like boost their stats. It's, like, it's a very involved game, and there's a lot to it. But it just seems like it wasn't built as well as a game like, say, Destiny or Spider-Man for the PS4 was, because it's trying to be both, and it ends up being neither. You know, so it's trying to do this like free roam, run around, um, customizable character like Spider-Man's doing, but then you're fighting nameless robots all the time. Uh, There's not as much story as there is with the Spider-Man game, so that it's more like Destiny, but then Destiny, it doesn't have nearly as much of the free roam around you would expect in the game. And it's, it's just like, it's very confusing. So I am enjoying it. I've, this week it's my favorite thing in the world next week I might think this game's a waste of my money and <laughs> never play it again <laughs> you know but so far so good but I, I, I still would not recommend it because I think it might be a game where it's like well I'm a massive Avengers fan and it sure is fun to run around as the Hulk and wreck stuff <laughs> you know so it's it's hard to say whether or not this is a game that like most people would enjoy yeah I, I kind of want to put a pause on game purchases until the PS5 comes out which like is November. So, uh, do they have a price on that thing yet? I think it's getting close to 500. It's expensive. Oh my God. I know. <laughs> it's so it, expensive. It's so expensive. Uh, but, uh, but you know, maybe if the kids are good for Christmas, I'll get it for them. Yeah. Well, the PS4, the, our PS4 has been like hemorrhaging dust for a couple of years. It's on its last legs. And now I, I have, I'm in a new place which has no console because the, um, the console is in uh, my ex's house, so uh, so they don't have anything they can play. And I'm like, well, maybe we'll get a PlayStation Five for Christmas. But I also don't want to buy yeah. a bunch of PlayStation Four games right now. And I, the reviews I said I read um, 
said what you said. They were like, well, it's no Spider-Man. And then I'm like, well, then I don't need it because Spider-Man is my favorite game ever made now. Um, and yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely made, I think, the, Spider-Man came out, I think Spider-Man did really well. And then I think they were like, let's make the Avengers game like that. I, what I don't know is if that game was already in development and then they tried to change that game to be more I think it was. And I know, I know if you buy it for PlayStation, you get Spider-Man. So Spider-Man's a playable character only on PlayStation. Yeah, so that's the other thing too. It, not yet, because I bought it. I've got it on PlayStation and I don't have Spider-Man on the game. So uh, there's so a lot a of... Right, so a lot of characters, like you have to unlock the characters. At the first mission, they let you play everybody. You get to play Cap, Hulk, Thor, Iron Man, and Black Widow. And it's a lot of fun to figure out how to play them all. They all play very differently. And then you get Kamala Khan later. But then the game jumps forward five years, like Endgame. The world's changed. And now the Avengers disbanded, so you have to rebuild the team. So you start as Kamala Khan, then you get the Hulk, then you get Iron Man. Then I unlocked Black Widow. I just unlocked Thor, but he disappeared again, so I don't know if I'll get to play him anytime soon. Captain America is dead, but probably not really because they're not going to not have you play Captain America in an Avengers game. But then it's like Hawkeye's supposed to be unlockable. Not yet. Spider-Man's supposed to be unlockable. Not yet. So Yeah, I've heard Black Panther is down the road. Yeah, Black Panther's down the road. Hank Pym's in the game, but he's not playable. He's just like a character you interact with. So I'm hoping for if they can give us eight or nine or 10 different Avengers to play, I think that'd be super awesome. Like Captain Marvel would be really cool to play, but I don't know if, um, I don't know how long the rollout's going to be. You know, we might not get some of these characters for six or eight months. You know what I mean? So it's going to be hard to say whether or not the game's worth the investment of time (laughs) to unlock all this crap, you know? Right. Well, speaking of Spider-Man, my greatest thing in the world is I've been rereading Superior Spider-Man. Um, okay. As I've been saying the last few weeks, I've been trying to transition from monthly. So I've been, um, and now that I moved, I have my hardcovers in a different place. So I've been pulling down books that I know are great that I should read again. And uh, I decided to read all of, first I read uh, Died in Your Arms, which is the first story where you see that Dr. Octopus is really sick and he tries to control the city with little uh, Octobots and Jarman Jr. drew that. And then I read Ends of the Earth, which is like Spider-Man takes over the Avengers to fight the Sinister Six. Yeah, those are great stories. Part. They were really good stories. But Superior not only holds up, but uh, I'm, I'm in volume three now. I'm coming towards the end. Like I'm at the point where uh, the Venom symbiote is taking over Superior Spider-Man. Uh, so I'm, I'm getting to the end of that run. And it is... Um, better than I remembered it. I remembered it being oh, the, high, the high point of Dan Slott's whole run. But it's so, it's so well realized. And what I noticed going in was that it's, on the surface, it steals the Nightfall arc. Like it's, you know, it, it literally does what Batman Nightfall does, is that um, the main hero dies, uh, someone who was a villain takes over to become that hero. They try to be that hero, but because they're evil, they corrupt it. They change, they keep changing their costume until they're less and less like the original hero. And then eventually at the end, the original hero has to come back. Um, That I feel like, I don't remember seeing that story arc before Nightfall. Um, We'd seen stories like Rhodey becoming Iron Man or um, Captain America becoming Nomad. 
but I've never seen this villain becomes a hero, corrupts the hero, the original hero has to take him down again before Nightfall. And Superior Spider-Man is that, but it's so much cleaner. It's put together so well, whereas Nightfall's kind of sloppy. And Nightfall was originally supposed to be three months, and then they stretched it out to nine. So there's this feeling that it's, it's kind of mushy. Um, Superior Spider-Man, it's 31 issues long. They were t- yeah. two, and it took longer time because it was two issues of Amazing a month, whereas uh, Nightfall was four books every month. Um, you could throw in Superior Team Up in there, but for the most part, it's just Superior Spider-Man. Yes, yeah, so I was going to ask, did it have like, they did a lot of issues um, because they changed it. That was actually what I really liked about Superior Spider-Man is they didn't just change it in Spider-Man book. It was across the book, all of the books. So yeah. that was the Spider-Man that joined the Avengers. Yes. And they were like, wow, Spider-Man's a real dick all of a sudden. <laughs> you know what I mean? But he was on the team for a while. He was there for a lot of like big stuff, you know? Yeah. Now it ran for a long time and there are issues where the Avengers confront him and the book, Spider-Man team up at that point was called Avenging Spider-Man because it was a big deal that Spider-Man had just joined the Avengers. So all the team-ups were with other Avengers and that book's okay. That's Christopher Yost, who I'm not really crazy about, but they retitled that Superior Team-Up. And then um, I completely forgot about this. In issue one of Superior Spider-Man, he fights the Sinister Six who become the superior foes of Spider-Man, which not only is a great book in its own right, but they spin directly out because Spider-Man beats the living crap out of them. He really beats up Boomerang. But yeah. Speed Demon's in it, uh, Overdrive, Female Beetle. They, he fights all of them in that first issue. That's and cool. The, and of course, that book, Superior Foes of Spider-Man, becomes what Amazing Spider-Man is now because Nick Spencer moved over, brought Boomerang with him. Yeah. Uh, so, but I'm really enjoying it because the story feels real clean. It's moving. You get, um, you get a lot of Umberto Ramos art in there. You get a lot of Ryan Stegman, who's now killing it on Venom. You get uh, Claudio Caselli, who's done a lot of Spider-Man. So you got a lot of these modern Spider-Man artists trading off. But I have been flying through it. I think I've read, I'm on issue 22. I've been reading it for maybe a week. I can't, it's been eight years since these books were published. In fact, our very first episode of the podcast was talking about uh, Spider-Man. Yeah, with Joe Pakovitz. Yeah, who didn't like it. Um, no, he didn't. And now you look back, and uh, in fact, it is already, it's already laid such an impression that I was catching up on the newest Spider-Man cartoon on Disney, which is pretty good. It's not spectacular, but it's better than Ultimate. And that's a four-episode arc in the cartoon. Like yeah, they, they actually did the story. They do it all. Like uh, Otto switches places with Peter Parker, and becomes Spider-Man, changes the costume. And in fact, they even have the voices switch. So the guy who does uh, Dr. Octopus's voice also does Robin on Teen Titans Go. And then he just starts doing Spider-Man for those issues, episodes. Yeah. Uh, So it's become a real piece of canon in the same way that Spider-Man wearing the black costume is a piece of canon. Yeah, I mean, it's a big story. It's crazy because I haven't read it since it came out. And that that is eight years ago. That's such a long time ago. But then I only read it the one time, you know what I mean? I remember reading it and be like, all right, wow, let's see if he pulls this off. And then when it ended being like, okay, he did, he really did pull that off. But then even to think of it in the context of like the larger Dr. Octopus story he was telling with yeah. like the cancer and, you know, he'd gotten concussed so many times from all the superheroes. Like 
that's a pretty that's that character's had quite the arc you know it's that a they've long done run, with yeah. him it is <clears throat> well i definitely recommend rereading it because it holds up it holds up very well as trades or a graphic novel or if you still have the issues um i did move all my spider-man issues into the apartment because i i could not in good conscience let go of my amazing spider-mans yeah and right now I'm auditing going like, oh, I could get rid of Friendly Neighborhood and I could get rid of Sensational. Oh, and then I could take the money and I could get two more Ditkos. Right. So I don't know where I am <laughs> yeah. collecting these books. But um, I have thought about selling Superior. Um, there are people selling the whole run of Superior Spider-Man for um, 100 bucks for the original issues. Yeah. Uh, but but you can find the complete collection trades. I got the hardcovers a few years ago, the oversized hardcovers. I would be shocked if there's not an omnibus being printed. Yeah, I yeah, I'm, we've talked about this before, and uh, I think there's probably plans to do brand new day omnibuses, however many that would end up being. Yep. And but then time. I wouldn't be surprised if they did Dan Slott's entire run and just yeah. start Dan Slott Volume One starts when Dan Slott takes over the book form and then just finish that run out. However many omnibuses that may be. See, the you know? thing about the thing about that is I think they might do it as brand new day and big time. Cause remember slot was a writer on brand new day. Right. And a lot of the plot threads he started in brand new day, like Spider-Man 600 is when Ock gets sick. Um, that's during brand new day. And when slot takes over with big time, he's, he's continuing a lot of threads. That brand new day is so I wouldn't be surprised if the volumes are called Brand New Day One to Four, Big Time One to Three, Superior Spider Man One Volume. Yeah. Uh, and either way, I don't care. I would probably right. Buy yeah. It. Any way they do it, we'll buy it. Let's be honest with ourselves. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would like to just kind of read it. That that's the format. That's how I'd why I'd like to reread it. I guess is just whenever it's finally collected and like here it is, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, I think yeah. after this, I'll probably go back to the start of big time. I want to see kind of how he laid that groundwork. Um, and, you know, I have the issues in my house. I have them digitally. Uh, but I'm sure part of me will be like, why isn't there an omnibus? I want to spend yeah, $75 gonna... to right, read yeah. this story that I have twice. Uh, I know, we're idiots. Because we're I'm idiots. Marvel's perfect fan. Yeah. Um, in wrestling business, we, they, I think they call them marks. <laughs> they call them marks in the scamming business. Yeah, that's exactly what we are. Well, if you let us know how you're a perfect mark, there's ways to get in touch with us. I am at Not In My Book on Twitter and Instagram. That is the official Caffeinated Comics. And it is continuing to be the official Caffeinated Comics because I am noticing a lot of coffee and comics and Caffeinated Co. and comics that are caffeinated. There's a lot of guys starting to use this title out. And we've been here for eight years. Yeah, we, um, had, we did it first. No one else before us. Yes, we're not majorly popular. These uh, people might not know who we are, but they really should stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but not in my book is where you follow the official caffeinated comics podcast steven how do we follow you and how do we follow the show uh you can find me on instagram at the brave butter pecan and you can find the podcast wherever you stream co- podcasts including itunes stitcher and one more john spotify and spotify the radio misfits network you can and go to our facebook page facebook.com slash caffeinated comics we fucking own that yeah (laughs) and that's where we put all the news that's going on and we will talk to you next week